Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit and welcome to CBD Part 2. Yes, we are back again and the question on everyone's lips is, were we wrong all along? And is this truly a wonder product that deserves its rather high price tag? Well, that's what we're going to find out this week. We start with it all kicking off on Twitter, which we do joke about being the cause of this part too, but no, me and Tom get involved with a little bit of role play as we perform the Twitter debate that took place recently when I linked our first CBD episode on a Sky Sports News article. The majority of this episode though is us looking at a really recent 2020 review on CBD and sports, basically seeing what the current scientific literature or lack of is saying. Uh, and when we come onto the sleep portion of the episode, we do bring in a product that I know is really, really popular in the CrossFit world, and that is Beam, which is normally associated with its dream powder, promising to send you into a blissful sleep. Hopefully this episode fills any gaps from the last one once and for all, uh, and it allow you to make your mind up on what's a pretty expensive controversial drug slash supplement. Of course, if you've got any feedback slash comeback or any further questions, just drop us an email, which will be linked down in the show notes. So let's get into this week's episode. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, mate. How are you doing? Doing alright, mate. You good? Yeah, I'm not too bad. We are back with a vengeance, literally, because it is CBD2 Electric Boogaloo, the revenge of the Kush. It is. You're right. You are. You are right. Uh, what I want to know, mate, is were we wrong all along? That's what we're going to find out today. Were we wrong about CBD all along? Are we just like you know Ronald Reagan era inspired anti drugs, super conservative, you know? Just war on CBD type people. Yeah, is that what we are? I'm not so sure, but we are back with a CBD part two. So if you listen to the first one we did, uh, that was quite well received. It's been used quite a few times to bait people on Twitter, which we'll, uh, we'll come on to. But we kind of covered the uh, a wide range of claims from CBD. But today we're going on a specific warpath of CBD in sports and athletes and performance and that sort of stuff. Um, so just a quick recap, what is CBD? Well, go listen to our original episode, you fucking lazy twats. <laughs> nah. oh, CBD is a it's a supplement that usually comes in like a little... It, you know what it reminds me of? Have you ever seen poo drops? Poo drops? Poo drops. It comes in those little oil bottles with the little plunger sucker on top, and it sucks it up into like a little tube that you then... It's like a droplet bottle. But there's something called poo drops, which is where if you, if you you know, take some really horrible shits... You get something called poo drops. It'll be like, you know, special scents like tangerine. You just drop a few in the toilet and it makes the toilet smell nice oh, afterwards. I've, I've got the spray version of that. You do. It's like you spray it into the toilet and it, um, yeah, it doesn't yeah, You've probably thing. got like an industrial spray knowing you. Mate. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, maybe. I've yeah. used the same toilet as you. But moving on swiftly, yeah, CBD supplements is basically that. It's like a little liquid and I think you drop a few in the ton. It does come in things like gummies and stuff as well. Yeah, and, creams. You, know, you, you get even CBD get like cream. a vape now. Yeah, CBD yeah, vape. vape. Yeah. Yeah, you can take in like a crack pipe, all sorts of it's, ways to ingest. It's normally the oil, isn't it? The little droplets you drop under your tongue or you drop into a drink. And the claims are substantial. In yeah. I mean, there's a massive amount of claims. Anything from it, it improves pain, it cures cancer, uh, cures arthritis, it can improve sleep. We're kind of going more down the athletic side of things today, mm. aren't yeah. we? The, in the sports, sports world. We're going to talk yeah. about um, a couple of products as well, which I've seen quite um, prevalent in the sport world. I just want to quickly clarify something we, we mentioned on the first podcast, but uh, CBD oil has been sort of approved by the FDA um, for uh, two types of epilepsy. So 
I want to make this clear because on my original, uh, which we're going to come to the little Twitter uh, arrangement, which I sort of started this episode, but um, when I, I sort of put a blanket statement out there, I was talking about it in a sports setting in the re- regards to the post I did the, uh, the tweet on um, because it's not completely useless on paper. Um, there's still a long way to go of it. And I said the FDA have approved it for these types of epilepsy, which is something we agreed on. We didn't just slag it off in the first episode. We did, you know, That's there were... The thing. If you listen to the full episode, you know, I stand by my claims that, you know, I think it's vastly overrated and it's very understudied. Uh, not even that, to be honest, there's new studies coming out, but at a time that it got vastly popular, it was at a time where it was very understudied. And there was a lot of like misapplications in regards to the doses in the, like, the dosages used in the studies and the dosages that you find in the bottles. And there's a the whole issue about how it's not a well regulated supplement industry. The, the supplements are very extremely inaccurate when it comes to what they claim is on the label. But, you know, even if you go back and listen to the very original podcast where he said that there is some scientific data that supports its use for certain things, but the whole concept of CBD is flawed in the first place because, you know, in regards to the CBD supplementations on the market, less than one third are accurately labelled anyway. We are the one product we're going to talk about quite a few times in this podcast, simply because I've seen it linked by a lot of uh, athletes. Is uh, pure sport CBD? I think as we're coming to it, I'll probably correct myself if I'm wrong there. But they are regulated; they're triple lab tested. So we went with a product that is actually lab tested and has, you know, it is accurate. Just so there's no discrepancies of us being like, because we could easily cherry pick a really shit CBD oil and be like, yeah, it's crap. Look, it's labelled wrong or blah blah. But we've chosen an actual one that is regulated well, one that is actually tested well. Um, what we're going to now is the reason why we're diving into this episode again. So last week or the week before, whenever it was, there was a, a Sky Sports News put something on Twitter saying Anthony Joshua has just uh, signed up a deal to work with a CBD company. Basically saying they want to have well-regulated CBD products so athletes can you know enjoy the benefits that come with said products. I basically went in a bit cheeky and I basically linked our podcast and I said, doesn't really work though. Bit of a placebo, isn't it? Or it is a placebo, isn't it? Something along those lines. Obviously, in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have been as um, one-dimensional with my comment, but it's Twitter. It's all about getting a bit um, clickbaity. But yeah, I probably should have been a bit more specific in my wording. But what followed was uh, very interesting. And basically, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the carnage that unfolded on Twitter, which was basically a back and forth between myself and someone who, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just get into it. Basically, the way we're going to do it is uh, Tom is going to play... The, uh, the I don't know, I forgot his I forgot his fucking name now. Uh, we'll just call him. I don't. What do you call him? Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> straight, straight away, there's a bias there, isn't there? Because no one wants to agree with Jimmy. Yeah, we're going for Jimmy. I am Jimmy, little Jimmy. And I'll be myself. So we're going to be a bit of script reading here, mate. It's like, I I did want to play you. Yeah. But we thought it would just be simpler if you played yourself. Yeah. I you played with yourself, yeah. and I played <laughs> with my Jimmy. Yeah. Who's going to do Sakib? We'd have a third party get involved called Sakib. You, you can be you can be Sakib because I, I I'm in character. Yeah, I'm okay. in character. It's very hard once once you if you're a method actor like me, and I take this very seriously. It's very hard to turn off afterwards. You know, I've had to lock myself away from my own family in fear of what I might do as a method actor. <laughs> you know, I'm going full on a, Patrick Bateman here. This is going to be just to confirm. Sakib is a mutual friend of ours. Um, I've known him for couple of years now actually just online like um he's a strength and conditioning coach as well um really highly knowledgeable guy i think i originally met him i think we might have been in the same cult no joke and then we both kind of left it at the same time but that's a story for a different day but yeah i am little jimmy 
So how did this begin, Bill? How did this begin? Well, I obviously posted that 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 link to the podcast, and then yeah, you go off with your uh, first. You've got it up in front of you, have you? Have you got the? And then me, little Jimmy. I commenced with, and bear in mind, I might ad lib some extra things. I might go off script here because I am a method actor. <clears throat> of course, it works. CBD, that is. There is just a huge variance on quality and too much expensive crap out there. But if you believe that cannabinoids, that, I can't believe I fucking managed that in the first set in Bill. <laughs> cannabinoids. You're breaking character, really. Up. You're breaking character, Tom. But it, sorry, sorry, yeah. <clears throat> but if you believe cannabinoids, Fuck. <laughs> but if you believe cannabinoids don't have real life benefits, you're either stupid or have unrealistic expectations of what you think works means. There are, of course, applications where it's applicable. But in this regard, it's an article about athletes, which it was, as I said, Sky Sports. Most of the general population are not athletes. If you've got evidence to show that it's worth the price tag in this setting, then fire away. So straight away, I'm asking him for evidence here, which is a nice easy way. If he sends me evidence and it's good, I'll be like, happy days. Let's go. Yeah. Go on, Tom. Here's his evidence. I mean, first of all, I mean, this could just simply have been ended here and there if our little Jimmy had just provided a single citation, a sliver of evidence, a crumb of citation would have done. But, you know, little Jimmy instead doubled down and went with, my friends in the Netherlands, bit racist, by the way, not everyone in Netherlands smokes weed or CBD, (laughs) who do R&D, that's research and development, with cannabinoids, conducted a trial with a cycling team. The super compensation in the CBD group was 14% more after 12 weeks. An elite level that's potentially huge. So straight away, making big claims there, Bill. Making big claims. And I responded with enthusiasm. Sounds amazing. Have you got a link to this trial? I'd be interested to see the dose they were given. Here we go. <laughs> I can't say this with a straight face. Nope. That was a private trial that is still ongoing. And as they're working with the team on a variety of cannabinoid combinations and doses to see the differences. But there are thousands of studies and trials available to view very easily. You called it a placebo. It isn't. I mean, yeah, look, straight away, big red flag, private trial. So, you know, it's like when you say to someone, I've got a shiny Charizard Pokemon card. And you go, oh, sweet, let's see it. You can't. It's uh. Uh, it's at my dad's house. Mm. Well, just putting it in tomorrow. Well, I can't because you can only see it in the dark when you close your eyes. Like straight away, there's some kind of super secret study club. And look, even then, the guy even said that this super secret research R&D team is still an ongoing trial. Where is still an ongoing trial and why the fuck are you making conclusions, you absolute donut? Which is basically how I... When I replied, I would basically put, are you serious? Bit of a cop-out response. So essentially, you could have made it up, which you could have done. I said, could you please provide these thousands of studies? Because when we did the research for the podcast, I didn't see them. And I'm yet to see these thousands of studies that prove that it's amazing. And little Jimmy responded with, that's one particular study that I'm personally aware of from thousands out there. However, he couldn't link any of those, you know, 999 extra studies. Do you think I'm going to ask for the early release of an ongoing study for Bill on Twitter? You fucking idiot. You fucking bellend Bill. You, 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 you cockhole. Back to my actual point, though. You called it a placebo and it clearly isn't. <laughs> so you haven't got anything then. Clearly isn't. What evidence have you got that it clearly isn't? You've just said there are thousands of studies and you've not given me one. You can't cite a super duper secret lab trial, which you, which you can't. <laughs> 
going back to Tom here, breaking away from method acting, but this is another one of my favourite bits here. <clears throat> I've worked with cannabinoids since early 2017. I don't just make things up. <laughs> Probably because he's, you know, absolutely razzled on CBD. I don't just make things up, which is what you obviously do, hoping nobody notices. Bearing in mind you also, you know, linked various show notes along with this, which, you know, include all the references and studies mentioned in the original podcast episode. But other than that, looking to Raphael, I'm not pronouncing that, or Ethan Russell, I don't know who that is. There are over 4,000 articles on PubMed. By all means, knock yourself out. So I just I just don't understand why he couldn't cite a specific one to us. I mean, yeah, there are lots of studies on CBD. It just so happens that they all don't really support what he says. Which we're going to come on to. Uh, I basically quoted him back saying, I've worked with cannabinoids since early 2017. I said, your anecdotal evidence is useless really, isn't it? Out of 4,000, you can't give me any data. Make stuff up and hope nobody notices, question mark. We literally released an evidence-backed public podcast for people to listen to. Yeah, I mean, look, just breaking character once again here. When he says, I've worked with cannabinoids since early 2017, in what role did he work with them? Yeah. You know, because working on the counter at Holland and Barrett, <laughs> you know, selling, you know, Steve or Tiffany a couple of CBD vials over the counter is hardly, you know, working within that industry. Um, I'd like to know what kind of role he had here because it sounds very fucking dodgy. I mean, for all I know, he could have just been hotboxing in the mystery van. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. You've got to let me know, Jimmy. You've got to give me some details here. We've got to understand the criteria, what your role was within the CBD industry. But moving on from that, if your evidence-backed public podcast concludes CBD has no use for athletes and in your words is placebo, then I've got news for you. Your podcast is bollocks. And to be fair, he's got a point. It is bollocks <laughs> most of the time. And if you expect me to take the time out to handpick studies for a random fellow on Twitter, well, yeah. But what I do like here is how he's doing the whole face palm emojis and just like he's, he's absolutely, he just cannot believe that someone's asked him to just cite their evidence. Mm. So this is someone that is, you know, actively saying there's thousands of studies, then we suddenly went up to 4,000 studies, but he can't believe that Bill from Twitter is asking him to cite a crumb of evidence to support his viewpoint. This is, yeah, this is just normism 101. Uh, at this point, Saqib does jump in and he... Uh, plus three points yep. so number one he put of articles uh, efficacy something like that and then two placebo is a real phenomenon not just the name assigned to substances number three here is a 2020 systematic review on efficacy in sports literature on the topic is generally poor not effective in sports performance as it currently stands now this one was uh, about cannabis in general I believe this first one he posted which obviously isn't CBD but is from the same family which is why you can probably see why he linked Cannabinoid, it Cannabinoid yeah um, and then yeah Jimmy comes back in as he always does <laughs> <laughs> right right your article clearly states cannabis use in general not specific cannabinoid use and looks like it's referring to recreational cannabis use a totally different board game Saqib comes back in with recreational usage would have more benefits versus regular use as it would be a newer stimulus Number two, I cited a review. Can you cite anything at all? You're very sure of its effects and all you had to offer was offer was some private trial. What lab is it being done from? And before you make sweeping incorrect statements of your own about recreational versus regular usage, that's how we adapt to any stimulus. Regular disruptions to homeostasis equals adapted equilibrium to minimize future disruptions. Irregular equals less adaptation, more acute responses. So you can tell Sakeep's quite quite switched on. 
Um, so keep going. He went straight in there. And, then- and he's very polite with his messages as well, actually. That's the thing about him. He's always willing to kill people with kindness, which I wish I had a. I wish I had that superpower. But yeah, little Jimmy carried on. You're literally trying to compare apples to oranges because they both come under the category of fruit. All I can see is someone trying to articulate a point who has a distinct lack of knowledge on the subject. You know, unlike little Jimmy, who's worked in the industry since 2017. I don't know, maybe working for myprotein.com, I don't know. So keep rightly questions, where does your in-depth knowledge come from exactly? Uh, and then Jimmy doubles down. As I have said, working with cannabinoids for the last four years in Holland and Barrett <laughs> and a stint in Tesco. In case it wasn't obvious, this is a personal account which I do not use for work purposes. Work in quotation marks, by the way. So now we're getting really dodgy. Maybe he's Pablo Escobar. We don't know. He keeps on going about this experience in the CBD industry, but at not one point has he told us in, in what role. I can only assume he's selling some very dodgy bottles on eBay. I'm not here to sell a product. I mean, he is, and we'll kind of go into that later on. But I'll correct someone if they talk bollocks. Um, but he's not correct anyone. He's just simply said, nope, you're wrong, and then not cite a crumb of evidence once again. Not a shred. Absolutely fuck all. Citation needed, but citation not delivered. So Keeb responds with, working in what capacity? You shouldn't have any issues verifying your credentials and the lab you work with. Anybody can just say they work in any field. Prepare yourself for this. Yes, you're right. I've just made it all up. There you go, Bill yeah. and Saqib. RIP, absolutely destroyed. Your argument's gone out the window. <laughs> um, so he's obviously a bit childish at this point. Uh, Saqib said, never said that. Quite running in circles. Instead of all this rubbish by now, you could have confirmed your credentials and cited evidence. You've weighed into something with fancy university language, attempted to make a point while showing clearly you don't understand cannabinoids at all. FYI, this is Twitter, not a legal forum. So with respect, I don't have to waste time trying to research on your behalf. Bearing in mind, we've literally been posting citation after citation, study after study, and apparently he's doing the research on our behalf. When, once again, not a crumb of evidence. This is just ridiculous. Uh, Saqib then said, you said you've spent the last four years in research. And if you're going to call everything bollocks, then please provide citations. You're spouting uh, that. No, so this is what I said. Sorry, I'm afraid that I said this bit. We're, we're back on Sabina. So I said to him, you've spent the last four years in research and if you're going to call everything bollocks, then please provide citations. You're spouting that you're this and that and it's pretty irrelevant. I didn't say I was this and that. I said I worked with cannabinoids. I have close friends who have done huge amounts of R&D in the field since 2003. Fucking hell. I called your original tweet bollocks. That's because it is. Oh dear. Uh, so Keep then comes back in with, you realise you wouldn't have to argue so much if you just provide evidence, right? I mean, this is all we asked for from the very beginning, but yeah. I've literally maintained all along his tweet was bollocks. It was. I'm not arguing. I'm pointing out something to someone who lacks knowledge yet thinks they can make a sweeping statement that CBD is placebo and have nobody say you're wrong. Also, I want you to know that you are disrespecting a future US Army soldier. <laughs> what have you? Oh, dear. Um... Have you not seen that video? <laughs> no. You've not seen that video. Fucking hell. But I, I oh, really pretty, hope that some have, people have seen the video. probably have, to be fair. You have to show me up. It's the two it. kids arguing on the street. No, I'm explaining it yeah. now because otherwise it's going to have no context. No, I know what it is. Two I kids arguing on the street. And all of a sudden this little 
dweeby looking he looks like the Milky Bar kid yeah I've seen this goes uh, you, 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 I was disrespecting a future US Army soldier and then it just cuts out there cringe and that kid never did join the US Army by the way he actually went on to become a SoundCloud rapper I don't think that's true but um, <laughs> we'll move on so this is the only this next bit is the only part where I kind of don't go full send again I basically reply to in hindsight I probably should have been more specific for the most part I'd say yeah for the doses that are commercially sold placebo the podcast is there of all our reasoning and evidence you say I lack knowledge yet we provided far more data than you um, yeah and then Saqib come in saying it was not bollocks just from a stranger say so unless evidence was presented against it so what he's saying there is this guy can't say what we've said is bollocks unless he provides evidence to say that it's not bollocks. You know, you can't you can't run around saying things are bollocks without you know giving a justifiable reason why it's bollocks. And obviously, we'll go more into that once we've concluded our little uh, Shakespearean. Yeah. You know, moving on. Jimmy's back in. Here. What part of this being? Why did I just go do a Jimmy Savile <laughs> accent then? Too much in character. What part of this being a personal account? <laughs> 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 that I deliberately keep separate from work-related subjects, don't you understand? That's not called circles, that's called saying no. I'm not answerable to Saqib from Twitter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know why, that was quite funny. Yeah, it was quite funny. Uh, Saqib then comes back with, then you should have argued through your work account. You've made broad claims about having all this knowledge, but you expect people to take your word for gospel. You're correcting others from your personal account where nobody can re- verify the source of the info. Um, the guy has zero knowledge on cannabinoids, yet comes in calling something bollocks because he's got a podcast and cited a few articles. They weren't articles, they were actually peer-reviewed evidence but, and meta-analysis, but okay, and systemic reviews. And cited a few articles that actually proved CBD had therapeutic benefits. Now that's funny. Yeah, and then Saqib then comes back in with what we're going to actually look into more. He goes, you haven't verified, you know anything either, and at least we use references. Here is another review on CBD itself, and still the results are preliminary and inconsistent. Two qualities common with placebo uh, interventions in their infancy in research. Um, And that paper that he linked there is what we're actually going to go through for the most part of this episode. Um, So if we actually decided to do a part two just because of some absolute troll on Twitter, um, yes, we have. No, we haven't really. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well. (laughs) Well, yeah, well, well. And as far as I'm aware, like this is the first time I've ever seen you have an argument on social media, and it was quite funny to watch because it reminded me back in my day. Because you know me, whenever we see like a discussion, when I say discussion, we see like an argument happen online. I always say nowadays, I always say know your audience, and what I mean by that is I'm not saying that you need to go into an echo chamber and only discuss things with people who are going to agree with you. But usually you can tell in the first, you know, couple of sentences from someone, you can tell straight away whether they're actually interested in critically thinking or not. Straight away you can tell who's going to double down, who's actually willing to have a discussion, and who's just going to be a fucking bullshitter. Uh, This guy was just a bullshitter, and he was just doubling down for the sake of it. Um, I mean, look, for someone to claim that there is an R and, you know, they're, they're somehow related to some super secret, super duper fucking black ops R&D department for CBD whilst confusing articles for peer-reviewed research, you know, then that's a big red flag. I mean, this is a lot of time I, back in the day, I used to argue a fucking hell of a lot on the internet. But what I've discovered now is that sometimes it's better to just sow the seeds of doubt if someone wants to hear you out, engage in conversation. Go for it. If someone disagrees with you, but they're providing evidence, etc., or they're at least being polite about it, and it sounds like they actually want to have a discussion rather than just double down, then sure, have discussion. 
even if you know they're just going to keep doubling down, but they're kind of polite about it and they're giving what sounds like good reasons and they are giving reasons, what they assume is like correct at the time, then fair enough, have a discussion. You, you, might, you, you never know. You might even end up refining your own opinion on something. You might find that you was wrong and that's absolutely fine. But in this case, it was just pure... I think it was actually trolling, if I'm being honest yeah, with you, Bill. I'll be honest with you. I think you got taken for a ride. <laughs> I did. I mean, normally, as you said, Tom, I normally don't engage with this sort of stuff because I'm far too busy to be dealing with these absolute imbeciles. I think it was simply because I posted the podcast and because it was our podcast at the top of the, the, the thread, I felt like I had to defend our honour. You know what I mean? I felt like yeah. I was in that, that situation where if I just backed down and said no, it makes it look like I'm just saying like a whole podcast is shit. Um, so maybe I took it a bit personally, but yeah. However, that's not to say that other people might not have seen that, taken interest, and then we've sown the seeds of doubt. Well, we did. We had, we had, a th- posted we had, evidence. We had a thousand people look at that tweet. Yeah, there you go. All it takes is one person out of those 1,000 to you know, change their minds and then you get a ripple effect. They then go on to tell their mum or their friends or whoever else that's interested in CBD. And I think that that's what matters. If you can only change one person's view, you might get a ripple effect. And that's how you make the difference in the industry at the end of the day. What we're going to do now then is we'll look at this 2020 review um, that Saqib actually linked. It's actually really recent. It's actually got a lot of support from other people in the industry, which is uh, good to see that it's not an absolute dog shit review. Um, and interesting as well, I didn't put this down in our notes, but when I looked at who's the sort of the funding behind it and all that, because it's really important to look at the who funds these studies, by the way, because that oh, can yeah. sort of indicate if it's going to be biased. And this is actually, uh, they were it's in Australia, uh, Australians who did this. And the people who funded it was an actually uh, cannabinoid uh, lab. So they're actually doing research on CBD and they funded it. So it's not like, and the fact that what we found is it, it shows that they're not being biased because they say quite a lot of negative stuff about it, even though they were funded by people who are actually trying to sort of research more yeah. CBD and trying to push it forward, which is good to see that shows that the, the, the bias wasn't there because they could. it's easy if you're getting funded by someone just to do what they say and be like, yeah, okay, we'll yeah. find, we'll cherry pick what, we, what you want us to find basically. So we'll go down basically in sort of order we won't go into every single point of this review um but if you want to have a look at the entire review it'll obviously be linked to the show notes uh, for you to look at your leisure it's actually a really good read but we'll start with pain then um this this paper initially stated that pain is obviously an issue for athletes because of the sort of training they could be doing if they come back from an injury or just you know niggles you're going to pick up along the way so anything that can reduce pain and perhaps make you train longer or train for a longer life cycle is obviously going to be beneficial um and they've they found that um, things combining both THC and CBD have shown promising effects. And we've uh, seen it before. THC is commonly associated with anagalesic effects, which we're not disputing that. Weed is, if you look at weed in its raw form, it is associated with feeling good. <laughs> but then there's an issue with that, isn't there? And that is that, you know, not all CBDs have THC in them. No, most of them don't know because you're not allowed to. You'd yeah. fail a drug test. Yeah, most of them drugs. don't. Studies in this, so I'll basically go off what they said. Then, so the studies that this review looked at found that there was inconsistency at the lower doses. So, uh, this is in regards to pain still, by the way. So, they the low dose they're referring to is one milligram per kilo, uh, and they found that higher doses were also inconsistent. So, there's just an inconsistency across the board here in terms of pain relief. Yeah. That's because, as we said numerous times, pain is very complicated. And yeah, <laughs> we don't need to go into that now, but yeah, um, and just for so if we look at the low doses, for example, we'll, we'll give you a bit of um 
make it a bit more personal then, um, at one milligram per kilo, right? So Pure Sports CBD, who I mentioned at the start, this is the company we're using. I've seen them promoted by athletes before. Uh, they're triple lab tested, so there shouldn't be any disputes of their, what they contain. They've definitely got no THC in because it is made for athletes. Uh, so that'll be our example. So if we look at their strongest one they have, so this is the best one they've got. So this, this should mean we only need we don't need as much, so it should be better value for money on paper. It's 3,000 milligrams. That doesn't mean that each drop is 3,000 milligrams, by the way, we'll come into that though. So a 3,000 milligram, 30 mil bottle costs £117.99. I weigh 88 kilos, but for the ease of the maths of what they have on the website, I'm just going to say I weigh 80 kilos. Um, on their site, it indicates that I would need to then take 0.8 mil per serving, right, for the minimal dose. This means I've got just over a month's supply for £118 on something that has only really been tested on rodents. If you look at the papers mm -hmm. they cited in this review for pain, and at that dose is very inconsistent. Yeah. And that's the lowest dose. So if we obviously were to increase the dose even higher, which once again, rodents and still inconsistent, it's going to cost even more money. I mean, just to clarify, I looked at some of the, the average kind of CBD products on Holland and Barrett, which is where the average Joe will kind of, you know, they're in the forefront of their windows in some shops. You know what I mean? So for the general public, they'll probably go to something like Holland and Barrett or some kind of like health shop along those lines. It feels a bit weird calling it a health shop. It's a shithole. But... With their CBD products, per dose, per drop, it's like 7.5 milligrams per drop. So in order to get that amount, that's you'll get like a fucking bottle a day. That 0.8 mil, I said, when they show you it on, they have like a little droplet thing. They have like a, a pipette, like a mil, a one mil version, yeah? So 0.8 is nearly the full thing. So you're literally squirting the entire thing and you're, you might have to get that, that. That's the low dosage. And that's the 3,000 milligrams. That's the strongest bottle as well. You might as well swig it from the bottle. I mean, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> what what I'm thinking here is is we are we do see a lot of anecdotal evidence. We spoke about this in the last CBD podcast about people reporting pain relief from CBD. But I'm, I'm going to say it again. I'm thinking it's mainly placebo-driven or buyer's bias. If you're spending 117.99 or something... And you're buying it constantly because of your pain you're issues. You're wanting it to work. You're wanting it to work, exactly. And then if it does work, if you are placeboing yourself, you're then locked into spending, you know, £100 plus a month. And once again, mate, even then, even then with those dosages, we've got to remind ourselves, and this is something I'm going to keep on repeating throughout this episode, by the way, that less than one third of CBDs currently on the market are accurately labelled, mm. you know. So not only have you got to take a massive amount to have what is known as the clinical effects according to research, but even then, chances are it's still underdosed. <laughs> obviously, as I said, for the sake of this uh, podcast, we are looking at one that is obviously accurately dosed uh, for the sake of keeping it legit. Um, so they say. So yeah, well, they're, they're <laughs> I did look at the trials and it, is, it does look all pretty legit, which is good. So basically what I'd say is going on from pain then is what we need is really more placebo-controlled trials uh, in treating pain in clinical populations and athletes, which is more, not rodents, actual like clinical populations and actual athletes who yeah. are actually getting pain. The thing is, as you mentioned earlier, pain is extremely complicated it complicated a lot of it is also psychological and um kind of like i think i've mentioned this in one of our previous episodes it might have been the nosebo one i can't remember to be honest with you but it's important to understand that pain is one of the hardest things to measure because it's so subjective per person and there's a lot of different factors that can change someone's perception to pain so measuring pain 
as like a you know just in regards to general population just kind of like trying to find an average of pain scales etc is extremely hard to do in fact I'm, I'm happy to say it's impossible to properly you know scale pain on a population level but you know my opinion can always change on that in the future who knows uh, the next point they looked at on this review was exercise-induced muscle damage, muscle function, soreness and injury, which is obviously really important for the athletic uh, scene and sports. Um, so what they found was there's some indication of anti-inflammatory properties. However, these effects are generally observed at higher CBD doses in vivo, or vivo, however you pronounce that, 10 milligrams per kilo. So just if you just comprehend that in your head. So I said earlier how much you need for one milligram per kilo. This is now saying... The, the effect 10 milligrams is it yeah which is a lot so we're looking at nearly what well it's 10 times yeah it's 10 times what I said before Jesus. isn't it it's 10 times what I said before so it's 1.8 mil isn't it that is me necking a bottle of CBD that's an expensive daily dose it is yeah for something yeah <laughs> um, and then although although though I will say there was some lower doses 1.5 milligram per kilo which you've already established is still a lot um, has shown some benefit although that particular study I looked into it deeper to see why it was a low dose that was done on rat uh, osteoarthritis and we've already established that the when they look at rats of osteoarthritis it's all a bit it's very la- most of the time they inject them with a, a false um with sort of a, yeah they inject them with a uh, synthetic arthritis they take a toffee hammer to their kneecaps <laughs> um and this is obviously done on rats as well which we can't well it's not it, it, it's obviously useful when they do it on these things, but it's got to be done to be at these sort of price points. It's got to be more concrete than that. Do rats have knees? <laughs> what? Do rats have knees? What? Right, and on let's have a look at this. Let's Google it. Well, if you look at a picture of a rat, they just always look like they've got really straight limbs, don't they? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, they do. I can confirm rats do have knees. We are an evidence-based podcast. There you go. Sorted. Not if they're on this fucking study. But um, but they do. There are <laughs> uh, there are minimal human studies mentioned in this review. Uh, they are limited in scale and they are inconclusive, which obviously isn't really helpful. But once again, for something at this price point, as I said before, it needs to be conclusive. Um, I'm looking at placebo and bias bias again. Um, you know, if you've got a bit of DOMS, DOMS for example, uh, and you're... You know, getting a product which is worth 120 pounds, whatever it is, who knows? You might be thinking, oh, okay, this is this is doing the trick. Um, but on paper, I definitely haven't just spunked my money down the toilet. This is definitely working. Yeah, uh, I just want to quickly uh, <laughs> just want to reiterate this point. We are just going over this review on their findings. This is we're going to come on to our sort of personal conclusions at the end of this. Um, I'm not whatever they say in this review. I'm not I'm not agreeing with 100 whatever they say. I'm just going. We're just going through this review because it's really late. It's probably one of the latest papers on this, which is really useful because um, we didn't actually look at this in the last podcast as well. So uh, the next one was cardiovascular and metabolic functions. So it appears that resting heart rate is unaffected. However, some evidence suggests that CBD 600 milligrams reduces resting systolic blood pressure. This evidence that the review is referring to was relatively small and the dose was pretty outrageous, as I just said. Um, I'll go through the methods now. This nine healthy male volunteers, so only nine people, not a lot, but at least it's humans, (laughs) were given 600 milligrams of CBD or placebo in a randomized placebo-controlled double-blind crossover study. Cardiovascular perimeters were monitors using a phenometer and laser Doppler. But so yeah, if we go back to our friend Pure Sport CBD, that means on the 3,000 milligram bottle, I'd need six mil 
or six full pipettes worth to get the, to get yeah. the six hundred milligrams. Meaning I've that got massive. If you put that on paper, guys. Oh, that means that means I've got five doses for one hundred and seventeen ninety nine to potentially reduce systolic blood pressure, according to this study of nine. Um, and at the end of the day, this is on like a daily basis. If you want to get these benefits, <laughs> Jesus. However, also cited this review was a systematic review and meta analysis of the hemodynamic effects of can <laughs> Can even, I've lost it now. Look. On, <laughs> you needed it. CBD from 2017 found that in, <laughs> found <laughs> that in, uh, in control condition, CBD had no effect on blood pressure or heart rate. But under stress, like in the paper above, with 600 milligrams, it can have an effect. So if you're under a stressful condition, with the 600 milligrams, it can have an effect. They conclude, though, however, the findings from the reviewed studies were predominantly preclinical and significant effects were only observed in animals. So that kind of shoots what I just said in the foot. Data from human studies investigating the effects of CBD on hemodynamics is still very limited, and we suggest that further research in humans under pathological conditions is required. So the next one was illness and infection, which, um, of course, is an issue. If you're on a training cycle and you get ill, it's obviously going to prevent you you know completing your training or even worst case actually competing um and then some research actually does suggest this is what the review saying by the way not just me personally said that some research suggests that athletes experience a de- uh, decrease in immunity and are increased risk of developing acute illnesses particularly upper respiratory tract infections during periods of heavy training and competition this phenomenon has been attributed to various factors such as increased psychological stress poor sleep long-haul travel exposure to uh, extreme environments uh, example altitude and low energy availability and that all makes sense because if you are heavy training competing you your you've body's going to be stress. Yeah, of course. You'd be. You'd, I mean, if you've ever done a competition before, uh, the night before, I normally struggle to sleep. I'm very like nervous and very tense. It's one of the reasons why we periodize our training as well. But I mean, yeah, as you course. find you get into more intense ranges, or when you are actually competing, you are more chance of yeah illness, infection, and yeah pain and injury as well. Uh, so basically, they then went on to say a recent review of online content identified a number of web pages claiming benefits of using CBD for the treatment of viral illnesses, including cold and flu. So when they say web pages, basically, if you if you were to Google, for example, does CBD help with the cold? You'll get numerous articles, often not with any citations, basically saying CBD can you know get rid of your cold, blah 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 blah. Um, however, research supporting such uh, protective effects of CBD is extremely limited and that's probably why they haven't got the citations that we're talking about once again we need more data at realistic doses what people are going to buy from Holland and Barrett like Tom said um, one systematic review was using 5 to 20 milligrams uh, per kilo a day to receive some of the uh, protective effects but once again those big numbers financially I mean 5 to 20 milligrams is what once again it's a, it's a wide testing range and even at the bottom end of 5 that's ridiculously expensive. No yeah. one's buying that uh, for a cold. Oh, you better off just buying paracetamol, aren't you? <laughs> Fuck me, it's not like thirty p, isn't it? <laughs> yep, and the rest. <laughs> yeah. uh, next one is sports performance anxiety, which we kind of just touched on there with the illness and affection about getting that anxious feeling about performing. Uh, we spoke about anxiety on the uh, previous podcast, but this one uh, was obviously specifically in sports and. We concluded on that one, actually, that it may have an effect on anxiety. But once again, it was at the higher doses, which is not practical for the general population, even athletic population, where they've got bundles of money, some of them perhaps. Um, yeah. This review basically echoes what we found last time in that 300 milligrams was the reported sweet spot. Uh, but once again, on the 3000 milligram pure sport CBD at 117.99, that 
at that dose, you're going to get 10 doses per 117.99, which is ridiculous. Um, but then all I'd say was is if you are a top athlete and you do find yourself getting quite anxious before big events, how often do you have a big event maybe as an athlete? A few times a year? You know what I mean? If you're only having it a few times a year, maybe this could, if you're only going to use it a few times, it could be justifiable if you're somebody who really struggles with anxiety in sports form. So, you know, what have you- one of those things where, as like a top tier athlete, let's say, um, there's the old thing about, oh, even if there's like a small chance of it working, people tend to take it because literally anything to get that 1% edge. So in that retrospect, I, I can understand it, but it's one of those things where, at the end of the day, this is not a fucking band-aid. I would rather put my money and my effort elsewhere. And not only that, but if you are a top-tier athlete, with the things, when we talk about like how less than one-third are accurate on the dosage, on the labelling, in regards to you know how much actual cannabinoid is actually in there, but also that, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but can't the THC also be a bit ropey about what they're labelling, how much THC is actually in the CBD? Well, as I said, with this one, this one we're looking at is is triple lab tested. And on the reports, I looked at the triple lab testing. The, when it means triple lab tested, by the way, I keep saying it, that means they've sent these doses off to three different external labs that are not affiliated with them at all to do a full test on them. But in regards to like other products, so in, in case anyone thinks that this is going, you know, for all CBDs in particular, it's not. Obviously, the one you're talking about is yeah. something that's been tested three times on separate occasions. But in regards to CBD in general, what we've got to be worried about as well is that there are still traces of, C- of THC. Now, if you're taking what in the studies are suggesting are the statistics, the effective dosages, right? Yeah, then that means that you're THC. you're slowly increasing any trace of THC as well. Now, if you're a top-tier athlete, do you want to risk having that in your system if you're getting drug tested? I'd argue, though, if you're a top-tier athlete, you'd probably go with this sort of pure sports stuff where it's going to be very regulated. You wouldn't go for the cheap shit. You'd be surprised, mate. <laughs> of, course you, of course you would. But, I mean, the, the athletes I've seen using this stuff are normally sponsored by, for example, pure sports CBD. Um, and there's a reason for that because one of their unique selling points is, we well, yeah, are definitely THC-free. Here's all our lab reports. Because they've got to be, as you said, because otherwise... People will be scared of it because they're worried to get a fellow drug test for THC. Um, but once again, as you said, you'd rather use something else simply because, I mean, if they're getting sponsored by these companies, they're being paid to use it. That's fine. Obviously, they're getting free. But when it's when the general population see them using this stuff, and it's even Dendo, mate. Like just because someone's sponsored by something doesn't mean they're using it. You know, I mean, look, look who sponsors Herbal Life or is sponsored by Herbal Life, Ronaldo. I yeah, doubt Ronaldo. how much he takes Herbal Life. <laughs> He probably is on, He gets sponsored by KFC as well, but to be honest with you, I very much believe that he's on the KFC train. In which case, fair play to him. I'd like a bonus banquet. We'll move on to sleep. Now, this is going to be a chunky one, guys, because we're going to talk about a product in particular as well. So... This one's a big one. Uh, This is where we're going to bring in a product called Beam. Now, if you're in the CrossFit sort of uh, world in that bubble, you'll probably be aware of what Beam is and you've probably heard of it. Um, And it's a popular CBD. um, Well, it's not just a CBD product as we'll come on to, but it's got CBD in it. Infused beverage. Yeah, diffused beverage that in the CrossFit world, a lot of athletes promote it, such as Matthew Frazier, who who won the CrossFit Games five times in a row. Um, uh, You're probably, even if you're not in CrossFit, you probably would have heard of him. Mm. Mark Frazier. Oh, fuck's sake. Uh, firstly, <laughs> firstly, we'll get into what this review actually says on CBD and sleep before we get into Beam in particular. Um, 
And we can all agree, I think, sleep is crucial for an athlete. Uh, it's crucial for anyone, regardless if you're an athlete or not. But if you're an athlete in particular, you want to be getting good quality sleep and a lot of it because your body is constantly being stressed and constantly being broken down due to your training. And sleep is probably one of the most important things in repair and recovery. So any sort of product which is promising to give you better quality sleep and longer duration sleep, especially if you've got insomnia, is going to be of benefit, isn't it? So they cited quite a few human studies on this, which is good. Unfortunately, though, the sample sizes were, were often small and relied on subjective measures of sleep, which is, you know, you can't take that as verbatim. One of these papers was a first placebo-controlled, double-blinded, single-dose crossover trial. Uh, it found that 160 milligrams of CBD, but not 40 or 80, increased self-reported sleep duration in individuals with insomnia. So that's very specific in that the individuals had insomnia uh, and that only 160 milligrams did something, not 40 or 80. So once again, what's that telling you that on this, the dosage certainly matters and it's not like a, it's not even like it's a bell curve in this retrospect where it's like, oh, it has to be like a, uh, it, it can meet in middle ground here it's like no no, no this this needs to be on the higher end yeah and this is why we need more tests on certain doses um, I want you to remember that dose when we look at BEAM uh, the lowest uh, dose positive response was on a subject of one where a girl with PTSD was given 25 milligrams daily so that's a very specific that, that, I just mentioned that because that was the lowest one that reported positive effects yeah. but once and that's again that's on one person that's one person who had PTSD mm-hmm. which is a different ball game in itself yeah um, we also got here this is a really recent one, actually. We've got a good little find, actually. A recent placebo-controlled, double-blinded, single-dose crossover trial found no effect of CBD at 300 milligrams on sleep architecture measured via polysomnography in healthy adults. Uh, and this is 27 subjects. So they got 27 subjects, 300 milligrams. They found no effect on CBD. And they used, like, actually, this wasn't subjective. They actually used little machines to monitor their sleep patterns, which is pretty cool. So in this case, maybe it is a bell curve, you know. But yeah, who knows? Obviously, yeah. they went up to the 300 milligram yeah. range, but actually it seems that it's like Goldilocks and the three bears, isn't it? Too cold, too hot, and just right. But once again, this just highlights, as we said at the start, just there's so many inconsistencies across the board. Yeah. It's so difficult to sort of be like, yes, it's really good. Yes, it's really yeah. shit. And this is, this is the problem. Um, basically, collectively, we need a lot more research done with varying doses so we can sort of identify that bell curve, what doses actually yeah. do work. But we need larger subject sizes because these but are quite also low. So it's a hard thing to measure because once again, you know... When people talk about their sleep quality, it's very subjective, isn't it? Unless you are, you are doing like, you know, the actual, you're wired up to machines, etc. It's a different case, which you mentioned earlier. What we're going to now is Beam then. So uh, we'll go into their most popular product, the one that's normally seen on social media. And the others, I think Pure Sports CBD have their own version as well. But we'll say Beam just because it's that popular fancy one. It's like, you know, it's the, the biggest brand, I'd probably argue. Um, so their most popular product is Dream Powder. So straight away, that title, oh, you're going to be in a good get some good yeah. dreams uh, it costs 95 dollars, which is around 70 pounds and this gets you 30 servings so it's a, month, a month supply of good sleep uh, apparently that is an expensive nighttime drink isn't it yeah but mate this is why because matt fraser used it do you want to be the fittest man in the world bloody mark fraser <laughs> anyway <laughs> this product then uh, in each serving we're going to get 350 milligrams of reishi mushroom 300 milligrams of l uh theninine, 
250 milligrams of magnesium citrate, 20 milligrams of broad spectrum nano CBD, which is probably just like a fancy way of saying just CBD, and then three milligrams of melatonin. So we're going to go into what all these things are and basically what the science says on each of these individual ingredients. Um, once again, there's not actual like data on the combination of all these things because sometimes you have to remember by combining things, they can have a different effect than what they individually do. So, yeah. for example, we could say, oh, reishi mushroom, a load of shit, but there could be a benefit of reishi mushroom mixed with CBD that we don't know about. I've not seen the data on that, so I couldn't tell you that I don't think yeah. it exists yet. I don't think it ever will exist. But yeah, this product basically comes with a plethora of uh, benefits re referring to sleep improvement. But I want to note, and all the statements they say on the website, which say it will do this, it will do that, they have a little star which says, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, so it's not it's not regulated. It's basically a powder um, with some bits in it. Yeah. It's basically a very expensive, very Gucci-sounding, propriety blend Horlicks uh, but they have got good. They have got good customer feedback, Tom. So they also report on the website: ninety-eight percent of people surveyed fall asleep faster when taking Dream Powder, and ninety-nine percent experience better sleep quality. These are self-reported results in a survey of current customers. Uh, I mean, those results don't lie, Tom. Fuck all the studies, mate. Listen, mate. Listen. This is a fucking common trend amongst your lot. You know, CrossFitters. CrossFitters. You know. You get like a Gucci headband, and not literally Gucci, although it wouldn't surprise me because you fucking CrossFitters. You get given like a a Mark Fraser headband, you know, and suddenly the reviews are like, oh yeah, yeah, the therapeutic qualities of my of of my um, Mark Fraser headband has me doing extra kips, extra devil's presses, and all this other stuff because you guys just love a you know love a gimmick, don't you? Right, enough of this personal attack on CrossFit, Tom, right? I've had enough of you, right? You and your, your attitude. <laughs> I've seen you on the skier, Tom. I know you love CrossFit at heart. I, I, I know, mate. I know. And I have got a headband somewhere, you know. Uh, but, but moving on, though. So basically, well, that, that the, the survey is obviously very positive, which is why they obviously get a lot of customers because the reports that come from people are great. They've got athletes behind them. But what we're going to do is we're now going to look at the individual ingredients what the recommended dosages actually have an effect and if these actual ingredients actually do anything um, or are they just there to look shiny on the packet and make you think like, oh, this looks sciencey, this looks good, this is doing something. Um, so are we saying that Beam doesn't work? Well, I think straight away we'll come into it anyway, but the CBD at 20 milligrams, is it doing much? Because I believe the reason that the price is so high is because of the CBD content, but we've established yeah. in the recent data that 20 milligrams is probably not enough at all to do anything. I mean... Yeah, from what you were saying earlier, what was it uh, for sleep? Like, uh, well, there was ranging from. Let's say that bell curve was hundred eighty milligrams. Or was well, it something they, like one of the milligrams? one of the papers had forty and eighty did nothing. One hundred and sixty yeah. did something. Another one, three hundred did nothing. Either way, twenty milligrams of CBD is very unlikely doing much for you. That study of one with the lady, uh, the girl with PTSD, she had twenty five. So she even even she had more. Yeah. And that was a study yeah. of one. <laughs> yeah, this is ridiculously, ridic ridiculously low dose. Yeah, wow. Um, and even then, we don't know how accurately dosed it actually is because this could fall under one of those less than one third products. Well, I don't... It's called Broad Spectrum Nano CBD, which just reminds me, if you know what it reminds I, me of, Creapure and Creatine Monohydrate. Yes. It reminds me of that yes. where... It buzzwords. Yeah, buzzwords. Because you've got Creapure, which is it does no difference to Creatine Monohydrate, but because it sounds like they go micronized, pure, creatine, yeah. better absorption rate. Come on, I mean, look, Broad Spectrum Nano. I mean, and it's, it's, it's fucking on the spectrum, but I'm not going to tell you what <laughs> spectrum it's on. But I mean... <laughs> 
There you go. There's another one for the offensive list. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is just like buzzword extravaganza. But what matters is it says 20 milligrams and that is extremely low dosed. Mm. And it's not even like you can double down on your dosage because now you've got to worry about all the other things that are in this as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. I know that, but you know, a 70 pound Horlix, I doubt if you want to be taking 10 cups of this anyway. Before we jump to conclusion, though, Tom, we'll look at the rest of the ingredients because there could be some absolute gold mines in there. So we'll start with the reishi mushroom, which is Gandonerma lucid, uh, lucidium. Um, it's a herbal medicine often used in Asia. Uh, bear that in mind. Yeah. Uh, I'm not seeing too much on this. Um, I did see a paper, though, on rats reporting prolonged sleep time using a dose of 80 milligrams per kilo, which is a lot. In terms of reducing stress, we're seeing limited data on rats again, but nothing major. Beam contains only 350 milligrams, which isn't a lot. If you got, I mean, the point is, there's not a lot of data on this on this mushroom in terms of sleep. Um, but all I'd say is, if you go onto Amazon, uh, you could buy 250 grams of this powder for a tenner. I mean, I've not seen I've not seen much about this mushroom to be honest with you, but it does feel like they've got to kind of put some kind of shroom in because it's got that appeal to nature fallacy there. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I've I've heard of this mushroom before, and I've heard of a lot of things coming out of like uh, herbal medicine saying it's like a wonder product and that it's amazing. But once again, a lot of these papers it's are done herbal on herbal products, though, isn't it? A lot of these <laughs> are done. A lot of these are done on rodents again, and this eighty milligrams yeah. per kilo is ridiculous. I mean, they've put three hundred and fifty milligrams in there. Yeah, go onto Amazon, you get two hundred fifty grams. Which which is ridiculously more than that. I mean, what's three hundred and fifty milligrams in grams? Thirty? What is it? Yeah, three point five or thirty? I've done the fucking maths. Probably get that wrong. Don't ask me to do maths, mate. Fucking hell, I can't even count past ten. Either way, it's a, it's a it's a lot less. And if you were to get two hundred fifty grams of it for a tenner, that's going to last you a long time. Yeah. The next one is L-theanine. Uh, so from what I've seen, this can actually be quite useful in things reducing. Uh, sorry, reduce things like stress. Uh, which yeah. I can actually see will benefit sleep because we've discussed on the sleep podcast with Coach Dean Hammond that if your stress levels are up, cortisol levels rise, um, you're going to disrupt your sleep. You're going to find it harder to get to sleep. So the more you can reduce your stress levels, the more chance there is of getting to sleep in the first place and having a good quality of sleep. But just because I've seen this stuff from l theanine does this justify the price tag of £70 a month? Uh, you can get a five-month supply of L-thenanine tablets containing 350 milligrams each. So that's 50 more than Beam has, and it will cost you just £10 on Amazon. So five months of those tablets will get you... Uh, you get five months of those, sorry, which has a bigger dose than the Beam, and it only yeah. costs a tenner. I mean, I've I've come across a paper on this, but it was in adolescents, so it was in children that had ADHD, um, boys with ADHD, which is even bloody worse. But yeah, that was basically going 400 milligrams of L. I can't ever. Bill, we have to take over L. What, Thenanine? I pronounce it. Thenanine. That's it, yeah. L. <laughs> you know, and it did say that it did improve some aspects of their sleep quality. So, you know, you know, it has shown some positive aspects. For five, for five months worth for a tenner. I mean, I'm not going to... Yeah. It's not It's not like we're telling people to spend loads of money, which is why I don't mind it. When when the things are that cheap and people are doing it, they say it works for them. I'm not even going to go be like, oh, but it's a placebo because I'm like, we're only paying a tenner. Who gives a fuck? But I mean, bearing in mind that this was 400 milligrams they was giving to children, you know, and in beam it's 300 milligrams and I'm assuming they're dealing with adults. Yeah, well, they're so, yeah, you know, dealing with top athletes. To top athletes as well, Tom. So, so that's uh, out of the two, the first two ingredients there, I, I mean, yeah, value for money-wise, probably not great. Uh, the next one is magnesium citrate. Now, this magnesium is often associated with yeah. better sleep, uh, and it's an important mineral in the body anyway. You'll always find it in uh, multivitamins or, you know, uh, yeah. fortified into stuff. Um, I'm struggling to find really strong evidence, though, on its benefits in sleep. 
which is quite interesting. Um, so the theory is that magnesium is, is like a muscle relaxant. Yeah, okay. Which can kind of help you settle down going to like a deeper sleep. I believe we have spoken in depth about magnesium in our sleep podcast did, with yeah. Dean. And I think he gave like a like a, a, a milligram per kg body weight ratio for dosing as well. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that's the theory of how it basically works. Yeah, that's what I've seen. I mean, when I was looking, I was, I was trying to find data specifically on sleep and I couldn't really find anything too much. But as you said, there are muscle things. I did find something though, which was a double blind placebo controlled clinical trial that took 43 elderly who were randomly assigned to receive either 500 milligrams of magnesium or a placebo for eight weeks. And they found that those who received the supplement fell asleep faster and spent more uh, of their time in bed asleep, but their total sleep time was not necessarily longer. Yeah. Other data also found that magnesium could reduce stress, which once again, as I said, reducing stress is beneficial to sleep in general. And then another study here, for example, found that 400 milligrams when taken in conjunction with strength endurance training had an effect, um, which was interesting that they Mm. did it with strength training, which is pretty cool. Um, But once again, I will say this, a six month supply of 650 milligram tablets is a tenner on Amazon. Yeah. So once again, it's higher than what Beam has and you're getting six months worth for a tenner. If if we add up what we've said so far, what's that? 10, 20, 30. That's 30 pounds for half a year's worth. I mean, one of the problems is, mate, is people fall in love with the the ingredient list. They just look at all these random things out on there, not really understanding what each one actually does and going, look at how many ingredients are on there. It's like a super blend. When realistically, sometimes it's cheaper to buy each one individually. I do it with pre-workouts, which is the absolute opposite of a fucking of a sleep drink, I know, which is ironic. But basically, sometimes it's better to find out what's what supplement as a what ingredient has a fair amount of research behind it for starters. Just buy that and then buy all the other ingredients as well, and then just make your own kind of dose, and you can dose it up yourself depending on what your body weight is as well. And sometimes it's the cheaper version as well. It's the cheaper version. Buy one on Amazon, and Amazon's obviously really good normally for cheap prices, and these prices are outrageous. I mean, as I said there, you've got £30 spent. Now, we're obviously not finished yet, but there's out of those ingredients, you've spent £30, and you've got a half a year's worth compared to £70 at the moment for being for a month's supply. We'll go on to the next one, though, which is uh, melatonin. Now, if you aren't aware, I'll just read, oh, out, yes. I'll read out what Wikipedia says about melatonin because we're Wikipedia warriors here <laughs> on the chat. Oh, yeah. podcast. Wikipedia warriors. Right, so melatonin is a hormone primarily released by the ple- uh, pineal gland at night and has long been associated... Penis gland. We are a serious evidence-based podcast about health, fitness, and nutrition. <laughs> we are about penis glands. Uh, and has long been associated with control of the sleep-wake cycle. As a dietary supplement, it is often used for the short-term treatment of insomnia, such as from jet lag or shift work, and is typically taken oral. Uh, or- <laughs> Oreo? Oreo? I think Oreos, what? Orally. While <laughs> while there is there is a desire uh, according to this paper here that there is, there is there's a desire for larger uh, randomized controlled trials oh. with bigger. Virus is going, Bill. We've gone from penis glands orally desire. You know, I just you just want to calm yourself down. <laughs> you want to have some melatonin, <laughs> <laughs> right? You want to get some beam down, yeah. <laughs> Re- on, let's man. recock and re-engage, right? So recock, <laughs> recock. He Why says. did I say that? <laughs> I felt worse than me. Walked into that with a no. Right, I'll restart that sentence. So, while this paper identifies as a larger desire for randomized controlled trials with bigger sample sizes, there is data that supports melatonin supplementation. So, I've got an umbrella review here. 
195 reviews met the inclusion criteria. Most were of low methodological quality. Many reviews stressed the need for more high-quality randomized uh, clinical trials to reduce the existing uncertainty. So once again, inconsistent. Um, interesting as well, though, a paper here from 2017, which kind of goes back to what Tom was saying earlier about uh, mislabeling. But this is in melatonin. So uh, a paper from 2017 found that melatonin content did not meet label uh, did not meet the label within a 10% margin of the label claim in more than 71% of supplements and additional 26 were found to contain serotonin. It's important that clinicians and patients have confidence in the quality of supplements used in the treatment of sleep disorders. To address this, manufacturers require increased controls to ensure melatonin supplements meet both their label claim and also are free from contaminants such as serotonin. Which is mad. I mean, that's a lot, isn't it? And uh, just in case little Jimmy just so happens to be, you know, listening to this, when Bill says an umbrella review, that is absolutely massive. That is 195 separate papers dedicated to this. Well, most were of low quality, which is quite uh, interesting. Um, but once again, melatonin, as I said, it is actually like uh, a hormone, but... You can't get it in supplement form, but it's normally used for short-term stuff. But they've got it in this beam stuff, which, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine it doing much damage. But <laughs> whether it's accurate or not, you can now make up your own minds. Probably not. What I found here was really good. So they've got three milligrams of melatonin in beam. You can buy 200 three milligram melatonin tablets for guess how much, Tom? Five pound. Five pounds. 200. There you go. You can make your own blends. Once again, it's probably, uh, you know not very accurately done. So once again guys that's an, that's about another six months worth so at the moment we're getting all these supplements and six months supplies for 10 pounds five pounds if you're gonna if you're gonna placebo yourself you might as well do it on the cheap yeah why not but this is where i'm going to come into support not support beam's price but support why beam probably would be better than people having like a little tablet tray in front of them before they go to bed because that would be quite um in terms of psychological benefit if you're sitting there you look down and you've got like a little box of tablets it's yeah probably going to play your mind so yeah. Let's conclude a beam then. So for around £70 a month, is the dream powder worth it? Uh, there's no doubt that if you have it the way that it's intended, so I'll quickly really quote what they have on their website. When mixed with warm milk or hot water, it makes a guilt-free, sleep-inducing, delicious cup of cocoa. I mean, that sounds incredible. I mean, look, let's be honest here. Having any kind of hot drink just before bed is going to kind of settle Especially you down Especially hot cocoa, anyways. Tom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, look, how... M- how many of us cannot resist a lovely little nap after we've had like a hot beverage like that and we're winding down, you know? Once again, you get the psychological properties of it as yeah. well. There is a reason why. There is a reason why paramedics, especially in the UK, I don't think they actually do it in America, but in the UK, they'll offer, they'll say, do you want a cup of tea? Mm. Yeah. To people they come across, uh, like if it's like an elderly resident, etc. The UK in general, if something's wrong, it's, do you want a cup of tea? And the reason why is it, calms you down that's yeah you're right it settles you down and if you're getting ready for bed it's just one of those things a nice hot drink settles you down doesn't it despite whatever propriety shit has been thrown in that's there that's what i'm saying mate so the, i mean we've said there are some potential benefits with some of the ingredients and yeah. being which means oh yeah you mix them with we're not saying that you're not perceiving it to be yeah, helpful but <laughs> we're just saying that there's probably a placebo behind well, it for 70 pound a fucking month tom i mean buyers bias exactly but what I want to know is what, what's driving this price. You know, I think it is. If we look to the price of all those ingredients, CBD, CBDs, but then we twenty milligrams is nothing. It's the on the spectrum nano CBD. Yeah. Do you know what else I think is driving the price, Tom? The fact they've got to pay all these, they've got to pay all these fucking athletes, haven't they? Like Matt Fraser's not cheap, is he? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh God, no. Probably paying him a no, fortune no. to have that on his. Uh, the, the, that listen, the CB, the CBD market. 
just by itself is absolutely massive. I think we actually spoke about the cost of it before, didn't we? Like how much it's actually making the fitness industry and it's like a massive amount. Bearing in mind, it's still in its, its early infancy, CBD, in regards to research and as a supplement as well. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't want to cut to my conclusion here, but at the end of the day, with CBD and athletes, it's just it is just a very good way to get sponsored mm. by a supplement company. And it is just like another MLM at the end and of the day. And what's good for athletes as well, Tom, is that because the price of these products is so high, if they've got a discount code and they're getting a percentage commission on these products, the commission's going to yeah, be quite so high. Yeah, that's what I meant, not LM. Because if, let's say, it's £100 for this CBD and they're getting a 10% on every order that's sold, oh, yeah, they're then getting a tenner each one. So if they sell hundreds of thousands, they're going to get quite a nice little chunk compared to, I don't know, a Gatorade sponsorship, you know what I mean? It's like they can get quite a lot out of it um, for a discount code, which is very basic uh, sponsorship. Not only that, mate, but the thing is, with uh, with cannabis in general, so I'm not just going to say cannabinoids, I'm going to say cannabis in general, which can also fucking include cannabinoids, let's just say, for the sake of it. It has a lot of mysticism around it. It's got that appeal to nature fallacy. It's got that appeal to science because, you know, there are there's a the belief out there that injecting pure liquid liquidized cannabis into your ass is going to cure cancer etc it has got this mysticism still surrounded by it so it, i think people are more more in tune of it well, it must work it's cannabis do you kind of yeah, get what i mean by that So the final points on this review then, um, they kind of went into a little bit about the labelling issues that Tom spoke about on numerous occasions, but we we, won't, we spoke about that before. And in the case, uh, in regards to this episode, we spoke about pure sport CBD quite a lot. There is no issue there with the labelling problem, but they've highlighted it as well in this paper, which is you know, it's still an ongoing issue. Uh, so if you, are, if you are into CBD and this episode has still not put you off CBD or you still think it's worth the money to you, which it could be, I'm not going to say it's not, then just make sure you're going through these sort of companies where they've, you know, they're triple lab tested or they've got lab reports proving that it's, it's correct because some of these cheaper ones, yeah. they're cheap because they haven't paid for these lab trials. <laughs> However, we may have now no Saboju. Yeah, who knows? Because we've given you all the you know current evidence and data that we have available to us, we might have now interfered with any placebo effects you may have been uh, getting. In which case, I, I, I think that's a good thing. I don't know. Is it a good thing? Let us know. Who, we, we're neutral. We're neutral. Send us an email. Send us an email or a DM um, and let us yeah. know what you think. But um, Yeah. Have we fucked your placebo, basically? <laughs> <laughs> Have we ruined the magic? Have we pulled back the curtain on the magician's stage? Have we pulled off the, the head of Mickey Mouse at Disneyland and revealed to you that it's all a big lie? We will conclude this review now. <laughs> so uh, this review concluded, uh, CBD has reported to exert a number of uh, physiological, biochemical and psychological effects that have the potential to benefit athletes. For instance, there's pre, uh, preliminary supportive evidence for anti-inflammatory, neuroprotective, anagalesic and and anecdotic actions of CBD and on, the possibility it may protect against GI damage associated with inflammation and promotes the healing of traumatic skeletal injuries. However, it is important to recognise that these findings are very preliminary and at times inconsistent, as we've said uh, throughout, and largely derived from preclinical studies. Such studies are limited to their uh, 
generalizability <laughs> to athletes and humans in general. Obviously, as we said, there's a lot of them um, have been done on rodents and animals, etc. And they often administer high doses of CBD that may be difficult to replicate in humans. The central observation is that studies directly investigating CBD and sports performance are lacking, and until these are conducted, we can only speculate in regards to its effects. Nonetheless, this review suggests that rigorous, controlled investigations clarifying the utility of CBD in the sporting context are clearly warranted, uh, which they are, but at the moment it's very inconsistent and we need far more research done on it. It's actually surprising how the guy at the start had the audacity to say there's 4,000 studies of PubMed, yet everything I've seen is suggesting that there's not enough studies and there's not enough decent studies out there. Maybe the 4,000 studies are from his super secret squirrel group, though, mate. Maybe he's conducted 4,000 studies since 2017, which is when he got into the CBD business, You're mate. Right, mate. Maybe that's when it is. He's a pioneer. He's a pioneer. Little Jimmy's a pioneer. What would be funny CBD. though, Tom, is if for 10 years' time, um, it all comes out with like huge benefits and then he just sends me around a tweet going, told you so. Look, let me just say something. In regards to CBD, does it have some effects? Yeah, sure, and some things. I mean, we kind of spoke about things like anxiety, etc. But the problem is a lot of the things that it purportedly has benefits for is things that are highly subjective in nature, such as pain. Now, look, CBD supplementation is flawed from the get-go because, as I mentioned, less than one-third of CBD supplements on the market are, are accurately labelled. You know, the vast majority are mislabeled. So even if you do stick to the, re- to the scientifically you know, recommended doses, chances are you're still getting underdosed anyway because most of the labels are actually wrong. So straight away, the industry is flawed. It's not well regulated. I'm happy to see more research on it. And you know what? Maybe in 10 years' time, Bill, as you said, and ironically, we might actually do a complete 180 on this because suddenly the studies are showing more rigorous trials in regards to the dosages they're using, the way they're measuring it. Is it a double-blind study? Is it you know versus a placebo? We might have different ways to measure things like pain in 10 years' time, you know? It'd be amazing if we did. But who knows? We might do 180 on it. But at the moment, not really. I, I'm, I don't really have much faith in CBD and not only that. But even if, even if we had papers saying CBD in the correct dosages are absolutely banning for everything, sports performance, pain, recovery, DOMS, etc. Even I've now, I've now got to worry about, well, that's good and all. But if the industry is fucked in the first place and that most of the products are underdosed, do you see what I mean? It's, it's still pretty shit. Yeah, I get what you mean. But there are good products out there. Like It sounds like I'm sponsored by this company now, but that Pure Sports CBD, they are they, they are like legit in terms of their dosing, which is good from what I've seen. So, but then once again, the prices we need to. There need to be. There needs to be a way of them bringing down the price to match the doses that are being proven. Simply because it's not affordable. Yeah, but here's the thing: if you are being more rigorous with your dosing, then chances are it's going to be more expensive. At the end of the day, if you do your product on the cheap, then it's going to be cheaper. Do you know what I mean? God forbid people actually start being more rigorous with how much actual you know. CBD they have in their products then chances are the price is going to hike 
Uh, so we, we looked at that review there from uh, that Sakib originally posted in the Twitter thread. What I want to do now is we're going to go to a couple of extra bits now that are very recent, which is uh, really good to see. So we're going to start with Payne again, go back to Payne. So we've actually got a paper here from April 2021, which as you know, if you're listening to this as it came out, it's very, very recent. Um, and this one, although once again, not huge uh, subject size, 15 healthy adults each completed four separate experimental sessions. Participants were randomly assigned to control, uh, randomly assigned to different counterbalance manipulation conditions at each session. Control, told inactive, given inactive. Expectancy, told active CBD, given inactive. Drug, told inactive, given active CBD. And expectancy plus drug, told active CBD, given active CBD. So you can see that they've they've gone fucking mad of it, all the different combinations to try and basically try and uh, avoid it being a placebo, basically. You know what I mean? If, 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 if you... You can obviously rewind a little bit and listen to that again to make it more clear, but uh, obviously this will be in the show notes as well. Um, and they basically concluded that despite its frequent use for pain relief, no experimental pain research has tested the anaglytic effects of cannabinoid, uh, CBD, fuck's sake, in humans. It's a lot of words said there. Humans. <laughs> we experimentally tested the effects of CBD and expectancies for receiving CBD on human pain activity. Uh, reactivity. This study found that CBD anagalesia was driven by both psychological expect, uh, expect, expect, <laughs> expectations and pharma expectancies, expectancies and pharma pharma. <laughs> Fucking hell! You just wrapped uh, tits in pharmacological. I'm basically, come on, like, um, we nearly I there. Like it. I think because I'm reading so much fucking so much <laughs> science, Tom. My brain's just melted. Your, your CPU is just going. <laughs> basically, fuck that off. I'm going to go free range. So what that is basically saying is that the bright. It was basically psychological and actual um, action from the drug itself. So there was no way of differentiating the two, which means that it could have been. But once again, this is interesting, isn't it? Because this isn't the only substance where, okay, there is actually a pharmacological action, but there's also a big placebo effect as well because we actually had this on coffee as well. Sorry, yeah, caffeine. caffeine. Yeah. So even if even if something does have some form of actual physiological benefit, pharmacological benefit, see how easy I smoothed it off the tongue there, Bill? You know, at the end of the day, placebo is still going to play a big part in that. Wasn't there something on... Wasn't there something on ibuprofen as well? I'm sure yes, there was. Yeah, painkillers as well. So with painkillers, there is something actually happening, as far as I'm aware. I don't know, it could be one big placebo. But one of the biggest effects is you're just getting that placebo yeah. effect. But with these CBD studies, that is one word you'll keep seeing cropping up in everything, whether it's be doing pain, sports, performance, recovery, placebo. Placebo keeps which on is kind up. of why I used it in my Twitter title thread, and that guy just refused to believe that what I was saying was true. But I'm just going <laughs> off what what I've been seeing here. I mean, we're coming to our own personal conclusions and stuff at the end anyway. We're just going off with the evidence. Exactly, there's not, there's not much not, else yeah. we can do. Uh, now we've got a really uh, this next paper, guys. This is really recent. This is July, uh, twenty one. So it's like now, <laughs> like I think it, okay, well, it's, like, is, it's, it's like literally now. I think it's been like released. It's, it's probably June to be fair, um, but I think maybe because they sometimes do like um, re-reviews. Like they'll, they'll they'll finish it in June or whatever, but then they'll have like a review of it, and then it will come out like the official date will be July. 
but basically this one looked at the effects of CBD oil on non-invasive measures of muscle damage in men. Really relevant to athletes here and sports. Obviously it's just men, but uh, small subject size again though. Uh, this study was completed by 13 untrained men, which is pretty key, who had not participated in upper body resistance exercise within six months of study enrollment. So this helps because they've obviously got that lack of adaptation. So the odds are any training they yeah. do, they're going to be sore, aren't they? Because they're untrained, which means yes. you can really test if anything's going to help them. Six months is a long old time, mate. <laughs> so they did things twice. So they did they did it with the CBD and then with a placebo. The dose of CBD was 150 milligrams. So once again, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty high. Uh, not as high as some of the other stuff though. Uh, focus was on upper body movements and done eccentrically. Um, there's normally, you normally hear about eccentrics being more damaging. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is, damage, which is why yeah. they've probably done that. From an objective standpoint, though, so when we look at the results, we're pretty underwhelming, if I'm being honest. Uh, the p-values reported were not of any significance. They were all pretty low across the board, so it didn't really seem to do anything. But that's only one paper, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at another two papers now on soreness and DOMS. Uh, not as recent, but still fairly recent. So we've got Garcia et al. Yeah, still recent. Yeah, Garcia et al. Uh, 2019 use of cream. Uh, we haven't spoken about cream that often, but there is CBD cream as well. Uh, and this was to determine if it would affect DOMS on the legs. Because if you've ever, if you are involved in physical training, you'll know that leg doms. You will know what doms. <laughs> yeah, you will know. Will yeah, like. you will know. Yeah. Um, so basically, CBD cream was applied to one leg, and placebo cream was applied to the other. Participants rated their <laughs> participants rated their pain levels twenty four hours and forty eight hours after exercise on a ten point scale. I just want to quickly note before I go any further is that that's quite a short time domain because. Yeah, it Dom, is. like muscle damage can go up to like ninety plus hours, whatever it is. I think it's even more. Yeah. So depending on how hard you've gone, you know, seventy yeah, so hours to twenty-four. It's quite limited, but I mean, it's better than nothing. Um, uh, and results indicated that CBD cream did not have a significant impact on soreness values across time points. The exercise they conducted was also done at a very light load. So when I read this, it was something ridiculous, like five kilos to failure on the squat. I was like. To failure, they must be there all day. <laughs> yeah, but they did it. Yeah, so yeah, they, they did it. But the reason why the reason why I laughed at that is because how it was how it was applied to one leg, not the other. Like, couldn't you imagine if it had hatch, actually had like a significant effect, and you've got one leg in shit <laughs> yeah. state, and the other leg is like this is yeah. fine, and you're just trying to walk around, and you're like, yeah, Long John Silver. Just hopping around on one dommed up leg. So while they obviously, I mentioned some issues with that paper there. Um, it once again said there was nothing wrong. We've got another one here though, uh, Hatchet at all, 2020, so a bit more recent as well. They got 23 trained, so this is different now, trained participants, completed a lower extremity EIMD protocol prior to being randomly assigned to either a CBD, MZT or null group. Self-report visual analog scale, uh, VAS, scores were used to determine the level of soreness the participant was experiencing throughout the study. Uh, so pre, post, um, it was 24, 48, 72 and 96 hours. So this one's better because it obviously goes up to go. the 96, yeah. which is obviously a lot better. Yeah, goes The long. CBD group was given a one mil solution of CBD and MCT oil. This solution contains 16.67 milligrams of CBD, which is pretty low if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. the MCT group received one mil of MCT the null group received obviously nothing uh, this paper actually concluded which is really strange that CBD increased muscle soreness which is very strange but the point is it didn't reduce soreness at any points that it's is very strange. really strange because even then like it's such a low dose it's such a low dose I don't know there's something weird going on I wouldn't say that paper I, I mentioned it obviously because it was another paper but the dose is low that yeah. I wouldn't really see it do anything anyway and the fact that it said it increased soreness i don't know how it would what the mechanism behind that would be 
we don't know what variables are going on there for that to happen, but I don't even know if that has anything to do with of CBD. Of course, it'll be easy to get carried away with those studies and be like, oh, they're... But once again, that they were very small subject sizes. We basically need larger pools with more control as well because, as Tom just said, they control what are the variables in that study. I think one of them, I think Gar- uh, Garcia, was it? Or one of them was literally just an abstract. They didn't have anything else released. They just released an abstract. So once again, how are we going to see these uh, variables? So Yeah, without revealing all of the data concerned. But still, you can kind of see from each of these individual studies, including Umbrella and Umbrella Review, that it all kind of paints one big picture here, which is that CBD just isn't very promising realistically. I mean, if I was to conclude my sort of points, it would be that the literature on CBD in general is pretty much um, incomplete. It's not... It's nowhere near where it needs to be to be warranted in the price tag that it's got. Um, it's become really popular, isn't it, across athletes. Even the general population are starting to use it now, but mainly in athletes, probably the general population are getting it because of the athletes in general. Um, and there's a lot of praise with it. It is, and there's a lot of praise that comes with it. I mean, all of it is pretty much anecdotal, as we said, because the science yeah. is not supporting it, really. I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. There's a very, very slim chance that Matt Fraser and co are even taking these products in the first place. I've, you know, the pictures that they have where they're using the pipettes and dropping these CBD drips on their tongue, they're probably using the exact same prop they've been using for the whole year. I very much doubt they're actually using the product themselves. It's just that CBD is a very, 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 it's like the go-to now for making discount money. All I would say, Tom, is is that even though a lot of this reported benefits is anecdotal, perhaps they are just ahead of the game, these people. Who knows that as we said before, we joked about it, but science does take time. As I said, the, the literature on this is incomplete. So for all we know, we could, 10 years down the line, papers could start coming out in their num- in, you know, in their hundreds saying, actually, there is reports that 326.2 milligrams of CBD reduces DOMS at 48-hour uh, point in a subject size of 10,000. You'd be like, okay, fair one. <laughs> I mean, there are things that make me suspicious with it. So for example... What you just said there, plus the other studies where it kind of, when you add them together, it shows like a bit of a bell curve. Whether you take too much, it does nothing. But if you take uh, like a certain amount in the middle, it has an effect. I mean, to me, like everything's just so suspicious that a lot of it, I just think it is just placebo. It is just placebo. But as you said, maybe we could be wrong. But either way, even if, as I'm just going to repeat what I said earlier, even if, let's just say, science starts pointing to overwhelming, you know, positive results for CBD, it doesn't matter because the industry is underdosing it anyway. Do you know what I mean? I would love, though, I would love it if it turns out that CBD had all the benefits that it's, you know, purporting to have and that one day we could have the vast majority of the CBD CBD oil on the market to be correctly dosed. I would love that because I'd, I'd love to be able to just take something in, in like a little pipette and reduce my DOMS, increase my sleep, give me superpowers. I would love that, mate. I would love nothing more than that. I'd love to be proved wrong about this. But from what I'm seeing so far, I'm just not convinced. I want things like this to exist. I genuinely do because it will make life a fucking hell of a lot easier for me. You know, my mum has arthritis in her hands. I'd love for her to go for a day being pain-free. But at the end of the day, I just don't see it happening unless it's just placebo. To, to wrap it up, in my, in my um, view would be, I think it'd be naive for us to rule it out completely, as we just said there. Obviously, we're not doing that. But then it's also be naive to say that it, it works 100%. Like this guy said, 
oh, it definitely works. You know, it definitely works. It's like, well, you, you have to be silly. You can't, you can't say that. Um, I mean, look, my conclusion on Little Jimmy, mate, was that he was a complete fucking idiot <laughs> and a bullshitter, you know, and yeah. that's me being nice about the situation. Well, look what he's done. Listen, You've got another podcast out of us. When someone says citation needed, you either fucking put up or shut up. Mm. Yeah. And that's it. But at the same time, Bill, you need to know when to walk away. I don't want you getting involved with normies in future. Sorry, Tom. You're above this, Bill. <laughs> You're well. above this. We are an evidence-based podcast, you know. We're an evidence-based podcast. We should have been talking about exhuming Jimmy, the real Jimmy. And instead, you fucked it for us because we had to go back and argue against these normies. I could have, we, could have had a, we could have a proper sit-down and talked in-depth about my experience with Rolf Harris, and we've missed out on that opportunity. Oh, God. And if I wish CBD was real because it would wipe my memory of this. Dear God. All I'll say to wrap it up to finish this podcast is that before you get involved with any supplement, but just want to bear this in mind, this is actually not a supplement. It's actually regarded as a drug. Um, if you actually look at it, it's not actually classed as a supplement, which is quite interesting as well. So that would highlight that you should probably be speaking to some medical professional before taking it anyway. That's a different, yeah. that's a different situation itself. But before you start taking any of this stuff, especially at that price point, look at the basics first. We've harped on time and time again. Look at the pyramid. There's always that little pyramid there with like nutrition and sleep and things like that. Look at the basics first before you start going for these expensive products. But then again, the support of the athletes who might be taking it when you're at the top of your game and you're fighting for a place on the podium for a medal or you know for that first place finish you are going to try absolutely anything to get these marginal wedges yeah and if a company approaches you and says if you take this we can promise you that it will help with your recovery if they're giving it to you for free what have you got to lose you might as well take it and the chances are you're either it's either going to work and get you on the podium or you're going to placebo yourself and you're going to get on the podium anyway because you feel like you're recovering better unless it's in a cream format it might actually give you doms <laughs> it might actually give you doms <laughs> yeah um, and you won't be getting on the podium at all <laughs> But I think now, Tom, I think we can finally put a you know a nail on this coffin of CBD. Not a nail on the coffin. We're not we're not saying it doesn't work, but I think we can put CBD to bed for a time being. We might revisit it again in the future if anything else comes out. But for God. the time being, I feel like we've done Thumbs it. Comes in freeze. See, it'll be a fucking trilogy, mate. Listen, as I said, I'd love for it to work, but I just don't see anything promising. At the moment, at the moment. mate, we've done two episodes in it now. Two episodes, and it's not been. I mean, there's been some sort of bit of positivity but it's not been overwhelming not enough to justify 120 pound for a bottle all i'm gonna say is it's the last time that we're gonna let you use twitter <laughs> i'm being blocked from the chat shoot getting fit to well. <laughs> oh god anyway i think we'll, uh, we'll leave it there if anyone's got any uh, points they want to add or if pure sports cbd by some small chance of listening to this and they want to get on and i don't know prove us wrong then by all means do it but i'd, li- I'd like to s- I'd- sponsor us <laughs> sponsor us can you imagine that next week guys this episode is brought to you by pure sport cbd use the discount code primal 10 <laughs> part three part three came around really quick yeah. <laughs> we've got to redact everything doing a podcast with my new lamborghini <laughs> <laughs> oh. anyway mate it's uh it's been a pleasure as always uh, and i'll speak to you again very soon yes mate see you later As always, thanks for listening. If you are enjoying our content and you want to work with us and our team, then head over to trainprimal.co slash sign up to see the options available to you. We have limited slots on all-inclusive one-to-one coaching and we also have the really affordable community membership packages uh, for those of you that just want a bit of structure in your exercise slash training routines and also that community slash coach support as well. You can also drop us a DM on Instagram whenever if you want more details or if you want a little bit of help as well. So we will see you next week, same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.